dedication, discipline, passion, sacrifice, rise and rise again. Welcome to Any Given Chance. Massive shout out to our sponsor, Squad Athletica. Guys, this training gears, you've got the training singlets, the shirts, they've got absolutely everything. They've got the 12-inch shorts, the 16, everything that you need for the running. It doesn't stop there. They've got yoga mats, they've got drink bottles, they've got you covered at all bases. I'm telling you, this training gear is rivaling Nike, it's rivaling Under Armour, it's at the forefront. And the best thing about it is it's right here on the Gold Coast. So it's a supportable local business. You can jump over to their Instagram, it's at SQD Athletica. Or you can jump online and check out their shop, Squad Athletica. Go through, select your little things, what you want to buy, new hoodies for winter, whatever training gear you need, and then type in your AGC code at the end, which will give you a little discount. That's AGC in the little coupon code. Can't thank you enough and make sure you get out there and get in your squad gear. Big shout out to one of our sponsors, Black Rose Barbers. That's right. Go see Liam and the boys over at Black Rose Barbers. They're located on Lakeview Boulevard over at Mermaid Waters, right in between the Good Life and the 7-Eleven. Walk out of there feeling a million bucks. The boys can cut hair and he even does the cutthroat razor if you want to feel really fresh and fit on a Friday. You can book online at blackrose.com or you can get on the phone and give them a call, but go support your local business. And the best thing about Black Rose Barber, you can sit in that chair and talk maximum amount of crap. You know why? Because the boys have got the answers. They'll solve the world's problems with you. I'm telling you now, they're a bunch of legends. Go support them. Tell them Maddie from AGC sent you. Boom. Cue intro song. Give me an intro song. I don't have an intro song. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. <laughs> That'd suit me. I actually run to that. Any Given Chance, the podcast about passion and what it actually takes to become successful and the drive and all the sacrifices that come along the way. This could be episode number one, The Resurgence, but we're doing a test run here with none other than Second Chance, The Golden (laughs) Child. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, introducing my younger brother, Hayden, the DOS man, Menyon. Pleasure. Here we are. Crowd goes wild. (laughs) I love the setup. No, oh, I just, uh, yeah, give me a microphone, they reckon. See how that goes <laughs> with life. Look, uh, yeah, look, mate, I'm, I'm stoked to be back. I'm stoked to be doing it with you for the first one. We're going to go on a little bit of a journey now, just talk about sort of where you're heading in life and what you've picked up along the way. I mean, you and me are very different paths in our sporting achievements, or not too different, but definitely different paths in what we've gone to. Me, so more so rugby league, getting bigger, muscle, muscle, eat, eat, eat take that impact mm. and you my fine sir more of an athlete that prototype i believe thank you coming into a uh, full movement range of motion sort of movements mm. and then getting your everything in line if i can start one thing i'll start you on this question mm. what's it like growing up in my shadow <laughs> or behind me it's <laughs> yeah it's been interesting like seeing it's been influential as well having you around seeing your career as a sportsman and how you've developed your skills and then all the boys around you. And I came from like growing up younger, I go down Shark Park, watch you play footy and I see how big and fit you got was pretty inspiring too, I guess. Something we don't really talk about much, I guess, but yeah. And even hanging out with like older boys, seeing like Mooney, uh, Nordo, like all those units. We should make note, I should make note. There's nine years difference between me and you. There's a bit of a leap and a jump. I guess when you were 14, 
I would have been 23, 24 in the midst of it. Mm. And you didn't have your growth spurt until you got to like 18, 19. Because I remember you playing rugby league as a junior, had all the skill in the world. And then it got to 14, 15, all the Solly boys, all the Kiwi boys were already massive and you were still a stick frame 40 kilos running around (laughs) out there. I was like, oh, this might not end well. I got smoked, that's for sure. Um, Even seeing you grow up and take your path of footy, it wasn't like, it's not as if I wanted to, I didn't want to be a part of footy or something because obviously your older brother does it, you do what your, your family does, but I didn't have the abilities, so I didn't have the size, as you said, and I didn't have the desire, really. I didn't, like, I, I wasn't training heaps, so I, don't, I was figuring it out on my own because mm. the distance between the age, you know, you could leave from afar. It's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, and I had to kind of sit back and watch that and figure it out myself rather than having you, like, right in my pocket. Yeah, um, yeah, because cool. I was gone. Well, not only that, I was out of home by mm. the time I was 15, 16. We weren't living together through that period of your teenage years either. You know, I was off like you said, leading from afar. He definitely had that. I guess that comes from our father as well, the sportsman mentality. Like dad played footy, surfed, surfed his whole life. I couldn't thank the man enough for putting a surfboard under our arms mm. when we were young. And that's played a, a massive factor. But I got lucky when, because I had that break when I was 14, 15, I went away from rugby league and I came back when I was 18, 19. I was like, oh, I'll have a go at this now. Sort of figuring out that training and, and everything as well. But through my generation, it was eat, 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 get big, get big, protein, protein, muscle, muscle. No one knew, or I shouldn't say that, there were a few people out there who knew, but everyone was more concerned about size mm. than they were about athletic ability. I mean, when I was playing rugby league, we had huge boys coming in there. And like I remember Parramatta one year, they ended up finishing out of the top eight, but their side was huge. Everyone was over 100 kilos or 100 <laughs> centers, wingers. Five eights, everyone was over 100, 110 kilos. And you're just like, yeah, but then they sort of, the Matty Bowen and then that sort of era, mm. you know, showed that uh, if you're quick and, and you can't get tackled, well, then it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, size. Yeah. yeah. Well, look at that. There's no substitute for speed. So that sort of led you down this path. I mean, you've always had surfing. You've always had one thing that you've actually done just recently five. Yeah, we'll get to that later, the five, Pete. Five, uh, five, five in a row. Yeah, which hasn't trumped your total, but. No. Up to, I'm up to six. Yeah. <laughs> I'm catching you. Yeah, catching we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that's definitely one of the sporting attributes that gone. So it's it's still in our blood. But for me, I'm still stuck in that gym mentality sort of zone. And you're taking on something now, starting a a mentorship in corrective culture. Is that the whole name for it? What's it no, actually called? Culture is the company on Sunshine Coast that I first began training with. How um, long ago did you start doing that? That was two and a half years, maybe close to three now. But what I'm doing down here is training with Taylor Cecil, who's a practitioner in Czech, DNS, multiple modalities and principles, I guess, that he applies to the mechanics of the body and the mental, spiritual health side as well and nutrition. It's just everything rolled into one, which is really cool. And corrective culture kicked off that journey. So that's the corrective culture part. But the different modalities like Czech, DNS are the main incorporation. People know them by name mostly, but it's a lot of different aspects of coaching. What does it actually entail? So for me, a gym session, I'm just lift weights, do stretching and all that. But you guys actually focus on the actual movements for a purpose, is it? Like, and to realign your body or what's the whole gist of, like, how do you train? I guess I'm trying to ask. It's tough to explain in simplistic terms, but we essentially start with building the, a foundation of posture. So we go through and we do like a lot of deep 
intrinsic movements to really build up those intrinsic muscles that you don't really use. So when you go to the gym, you lift weights, you're using mostly the main muscle groups, you're stretching the main muscle groups. So you really start to build these intrinsic muscles and these deeper foundations that creates a better structure. And then from there, once you have that in place, you can start to train and move a bit more functionally, a bit more athletically. So I guess that's like a top line way of explaining. You basically, instead of breaking down, like so on major muscles, so I look at major mm. muscles, my first four movements are major muscles, where you guys are basically flipping that on the script and going, no, 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 let's get all these little core intrinsic. Is yeah, it? intrinsic, yeah. Muscles, the deep, base. Deep muscles. Yeah, the deep mace that I wouldn't use or I wouldn't turn on first. Correct. To get that going and lay the base first and then everything should come off that. Is that the way of thinking? About yeah, it? yeah, I guess, yeah. The thinking is um, you definitely wake up the nervous system most importantly because a lot of people just, you know, stroll through it without actually activating, getting the nervous system pumped and um, using the breath to really charge up those you know, deep intrinsic muscles, particularly around the core. Everything starts with the hips. It's a lot of like core activation. And then from there, yeah, got building into movement and just awakening the full body first, I guess, and really activating those muscles to make sure they're all firing at the same rate. And balance is, you know, from there is essentially like if you're training the main muscle groups and you have an imbalance somewhere in those smaller muscle groups, it's not going to fire and the main muscle is going to take over and start to build one side bigger. And then that's how balances happen. Yeah. Really. So you get that principle. I understand it, I hear it, but I guess when you're just speaking about that, you're speaking about waking them up. I guess I don't do that. Is it also like you were speaking in the beginning? It's a mentality sort of thing as well. So do you think about the movements? Because every movement that I've ever done over the past 15, 20 years is just movement that I know how to do. So do you actually think, no, this needs to come on, that needs to come on, engage your core, then we do the lift, then we do the movement. Proper power lifters are probably going to put me over the ringer for saying I don't think about that. 90% of people wouldn't do that. They just do the lift. They yeah, just do sure. the movement. Yeah, this is the first time I've actually had to explain it. So in more in-depth terms. So it's hard to shed some light. But yeah, essentially like it's just about waking up those deep intrinsic muscles that you wouldn't really use. Those muscle groups that support all your your joints, your fascia, outside of your, your main muscle groups in, initially. And by waking up, I mean just like by connecting to the body through the nervous system. So connecting to your hamstrings. So before like to give it a little bit of an intro of what I do as a warm-up, I go through and I'll do a bunch of my DNS work. Which is, what's Which DNS? Is, uh, dynamic neuromuscular systems, I believe. I have to check that. But yeah, essentially I'll use the breath to wake up the TA. We did transverse abdominis because that's one of the most important muscles. It's our weight belt that not a lot of people use. So, you know, you see people in the gym using weight belts when we've got this massive natural structure. So I'll go through and use the breath to really turn on the TA. And um, then from there, and I'll make it like I say, I'm going to do like a leg dominant day or still train muscle groups, but like around that. I'll train like deep fibers. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, I'll go through and I'll make the neural connection to the hamstrings by laying down, using the TA to support my trunk and then extending my leg to really can make a connection through neurologically to the hamstring to make sure that when I go into the movement next, I'm already having that connection to the muscle. And I feel that intuitively too. Like I feel it in my body. It wakes it up. as a, That's why it goes full circle to waking it up. Yeah. So do, really cool. do you really have to think about that movement? Like It's like a discipline. Yeah. yeah repetition and that your body's just going one, two, three, it's on, do the lift. It's not like, yeah. oh, I've got to connect this neuron to my hamstring. No, no I've got a, a process. So the yeah. process to begin with and then from there, it's all about just the breath really. Like 
the breath mm. to keep the TA structured and, and just move around the postural like structure and just understand where your imbalances are and understanding yourself. So I've been doing it for two and a half years, as I said, so I know a lot of my own imbalances and where I have like a right hip hike or something or I need to stretch this side more and I'll do sets back worked around that. So I'll do like start on the right side uh, if I need to stretch out my right leg or something. I'll do once on that, go to the left and then I'll move back to the right. So I'm always doing two to one on the stretches or like activating the um the muscle. So and then from there, like rolling is a huge part of it. So I always roll to connect to the fascia because I think fascia is one of the most misunderstood kind of concepts with muscles. And if you're not familiar with fascia, it's the outer layer of the muscle that actually allows it to glide. So yeah, waking that up is, and again, creating connection back to that muscle, that area, the fascia, which all connects into our nervous system is huge. So as a warm up, while I'm doing the DNS, you know, I'll do a roll as well and really start to yeah, that's what I mean by connecting or waking up is like waking up all this nervous system, really connecting to the body, understanding where I'm going to move and then make sure I move with purpose and move around that foundation. The next question I've got for you is what type of movements are you doing? Like basically what's the difference compared to say our normal gym program or that? Because I do see, I see your lineup. I see the cable when I work out with you and do mm. this, breathe, push and all that. And I'm like, these are movements that I know I probably should be doing. I still haven't got them figured and just watching you, I'm like that. So within a routine, like what sort of weights are you getting to? Are you more not concerned about that? Is it high repetition? Is it with the breath flow? Is it 30 seconds? What sort of training are you doing in a session and time sort of one? At the moment, I'm just moving with purpose. So I just enjoying my training. But if I was to train for like a Oztag comp or something, I would really start by lifting heavy, getting a long time under tension, time under tension. Yeah. Like 30 seconds under Tuck, tension to really s- strengthen that deep muscle fibers and get those tonic fibers working. So there's obviously different types of fibers, but getting those deep tonic fibers and getting that tone in the muscle is super crucial. So, but the difference between like just training, lifting muscle groups and what we do is, yeah, it's, it really trains around the sport specific as well. So I'm blessed with the corrective guys and Taylor, that was younger partner, Max, who's given me some good programs. So I'm not just coaching myself. Like I have coaches that help me understand what I need to do to move. But yeah, definitely building the foundation and starting with deep kind of time and attention, heavy weights. And when I'm talking heavy weights, it could be like anything from 10 to 25 kilos, dumbbells, usually free weights, always free weights. I don't usually use machines besides cables, barbells, things like that. And just a long time under tension, just starting the movement, doing a deep, like if I'm doing legs for Oztag, I'll do a deep lunge and I'll stay. I'll do like eight reps heavy on the eighth rep. I'll stay there for like 30 seconds and hold that real tone and try and just get the muscles firing concentration, I guess, like in the muscle and you'll see it when the muscle vibrates, like you can see the muscle shake. So you're actually firing. You're not just at the bottom of your movement on the ground in a lunge. You're like just off the ground, everything's engaged and you're holding it at the bottom and then you slowly come out of it. It's not like you power out of that or anything. Yeah. And I'll use the breath to charge that up too. So no matter what movement I'm really doing, I'm always focused on using the breath and the tempo you know, breathing in through your nose, as we know, is all pretty important. And then really engaging the TA and then training from that. And then eventually I'll go into doing like time on attention, but less weights. So like a long time on attention. So I'll do like a, for example, a, I think it's a Nordic, a Nordic kind of lean back where you stay on your knees, have your shins connected to the floors and I'll do a Nordic lean back for like a minute 30, like trying to hold it or like a minute or something. And then I'll do eight reps to finish. And that's just creating that really strength and tonic fibers. And it's funny because I went and um, I did that for Oztag and I haven't actually lifted like heavy weights in a long time. 
which is fun because I went and lifted heavy the other day and everything just becomes easier because you're so used to burning those muscles and using them. So yeah, it's an interesting way to do it. I guess that'd be good. Definitely strengthens you. Yeah. Within your mental game as well, Mm. because that's tough. Holding something, holding a movement. Usually it's like, I got to get it out. I got to get it out. I'm doing 12 of these or I'm doing 15 or 10 or eight of them. And people go bang, 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 do that eight bracket. It's just to get to the end of their count or whatnot. So yeah, it's moving holding, with purpose, definitely. Holding something there and being in an uncomfortable position for a prolonged time. Yeah, it sucks. How good's that little man going in your head? Yeah. Like it's, it's like, what are you doing? No, 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 it's, all, it's already there. Yeah, there's heaps of times I catch myself like telling to give up or stop when you're under tension, particularly. Like that's mm. the toughest, one of the toughest movements. Yeah, it's good. Like I train on my own a lot with my coaches, like my programs. But sometimes, as I said, I'll move a purpose now and I'll catch myself like slacking or little man coming after you and just being like, all right, that'll do for today. And it takes a lot of discipline to to stop and then re, you know, re-engage and maybe even do another set properly to try and make sure you do it the whole time properly. But it's fun. So just the biggest difference between moving the muscle groups and moving with purpose and training around your sport specific is heaps of fun. So that's yeah. why I enjoy it so much because it's not just get in there, do squats, do the same thing repetitively. I have a lot of programs and I utilize it now and still use them because you get to keep them. So yeah, yeah, I can have those programs and train continually and develop things. But Well, that's the next thing. You're now transitioning into basically becoming a coach yeah. by doing this mentorship. Is that the goal? Yeah. it's um, Share the knowledge, pass it on, like you enjoy. Because that's for me, I think we've spoken about this many, I keep telling you, I said, there's mm. a big difference between being an athlete and being coached and then coaching coaching because it's a massive drain on your thing. But I think the knowledge that you're going to pick up from what you've already got in these last two and a half, three years, imagine you in six months. We'll revisit this and everything, I guess, will just be yeah, flowing. No, I'm, I'm super like, excited to see the difference between explaining what I just did and explaining it more deeply. My knowledge is good now, but becoming a coach is, I guess, a coach for myself as well. Like coaching myself and then coaching others is, as you said, different, but just being able to share the help and share the knowledge is where it lies. That's a passion for me. So, And I've got the energy to do it. So. Yeah, me too. Like, There's nothing better... Than being an athlete. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're Usain Bolt or guys like me who's, you know, been semi-professional in sports basically my whole life with surfing and rugby league and chasing dreams and, and just love winning. Like yeah. I, for me, when I lose that you're an athlete mentality, then other things like, and this is within life as well with work and whatnot, but I need to be switched on. I need to be, you're an athlete to be doing my best work within everything, within being a father, a family man, with my other side of the companies within building that mentality of athlete, athlete, athlete. Mm. And that just goes strength and strength. So if I could do something, like if I was not that I'd ever want to rerun my life ever, ever again, because I've had some unbelievable times. And I'm sure throughout this podcast, I'm going to tell some really good John Dorries, not just this one, but the next hundred mm. that we do. Our travel ones, we'll yeah, do a podcast yeah, on our travel ones. And that. That. Yeah. Just maintaining that athlete mentality. And uh, if I could rerun it again, my favorite life would be waking up every day, going to a big gym that I own that you can open the doors near mm. the ocean or the beach or something like that, working out, hanging there, doing a podcast, drinking coffee, having all your mates train and hang out there and all these unbelievable humans and people. Don't shut it down. You never know. You could do it in the next couple of years. Oh, yeah. Look, let's just yeah get the podcast booming. <laughs> yeah. The dream's always there. You just gotta, it is. You know, oh, mate, look, it is. But I'm just saying, look, I would have put that in motion maybe a little bit earlier. You know, it's it's not over. And that is, I think that would be my best life. Like I just love getting up, training, 
than just seeing what everyone else is doing, having a rest, having a feed and training again and, you know, yeah, going sure. surfing and then coming back. Like to me, that would be that the feeling. ultimate, ultimate life. I don't need to travel overseas. I don't need bloody, what's those cars, Bulgaris or whatever. <laughs> Teslas. Teslas, yeah. <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need a private jet. I just need yeah, my end goal. That would be yeah. it. Like just a yeah. mad gym with unbelievable humans as well, surrounding yourself. And that's what this podcast is about as well. Like just my goal with this is to get to 100 and mm. then see where it's at. So I'm not stopping until I get to 100 now. Yeah, it's but, epic. And even like speaking to you about this, like you said, the brother time that we usually have is family time or mm. something like that. We don't ever sit down for half an hour or an hour and dive deep into a single subject. We throw our two cents about it. Even if this doesn't get released, it's still a good mental health day for us to catch oh, up. Mate, yeah. but like you said, look, right now all I want to do is go train. <laughs> I'll get out the door. Like yeah, yeah. I'm already thinking in my head, you're not strict enough on your diet and your routines at the moment. <laughs> uh, hate us doing those movements. I want to do time under tension. So, well, we've got time. We've got six months yeah, right, but, of this development. So yeah. throughout the mentorship, you're my, my main, like every Sunday we've locked in and we've hold each other accountable yeah. to go train together about what I learn and you can share the common knowledge. So, yeah. And that's what I already like doing. So yeah. and helping. and Like you said, the next six months is going to be sensational. Have you had a think about it? Like what's your ultimate goal? Yeah, for sure. We share a common goal where, you know, as you said earlier, I want to go and train most mornings that wake up, have that freedom, a little dojo or a little space that I can go and just enjoy just training and helping others and then expand on that. So it doesn't stop there. Like I want to start with obviously myself, but I want to elevate the level of like athleticism or I guess just the elevate of the level of human yeah. out there and just put education out there online and for free, you know, and then get clients and start to build yeah, a real good community around me, as you said, because that community is so crucial to having, you know, a successful life and, um, or in my opinion, having a successful life. And yeah, I won't stop till I get it, really. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is look, life does get in the way, I'll tell you that right mm. now, and they throw speed bumps. But if you just keep chipping away at it, I think I've spoken about this before, but Time is the biggest currency, you know, and having a plan in place like that because it just flies. It absolutely flies, especially once you have kids and that. It's just like you blink and you're like, am I going to get there? Am I going to get there? Am I going to get there? Am I going to do this? So I don't think floating or anything like that has much use within life, especially once you pass 30 because it starts to tick over fast. Mm. It starts to you're go fast now. Yeah, like bang, 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 bang. Next minute, you, you know. I think the first podcast that we've just repurposed and I think we put out four or five episodes probably before this one or our first one. But I was looking back at that and that was like two years ago now, mm. two and a half years ago. It legit feels like I had Jag and Lukey and Trav and everyone sitting over there like a week ago. Crazy. Huh? And I'm like, I look back at it and I'm like, that's like in the midst of COVID. It was nuts. So I re-listened to a couple of those interviews and I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Mm. Like. I remember uh, Matty Brumby's story, like following him on his journey. And he shared his, you know, if you don't know, he was the captain of the Invictus side and he won the Kona Ironman, which is an absolutely insane Ironman over in Hawaii. And he does it, he's a paraplegic. So his arms did everything. He swam, he has a bike ride with his arms, and then he's got a wheelchair run marathon with his arms. So he's a little man. Oh, man. (laughs) You can't. His best friend. (sighs) That bloke was another level. But he sat there and he explained his journey with me and his story. And I was like, just this roller coaster of emotion. I was <laughs> yeah, like crying. Oh, yeah, I was crying with him. I was mm. like, he took me everywhere, you know, surfing in Tasmania. And I'm just like, wow, wow. And then by the end of it, that was the only thing I didn't like. At the end of the podcast, I was like, 
man, I just want to hang out. Like, what can we do? But it was like <laughs> nearly seven, eight o'clock at night. Yeah, so yeah. Down to bed. Tell stories forever. Yeah, but the energy that comes with that, and True. I think this is where the whole I'm doing a hundred podcast comes from as well is the energy that you get from the people and their stories and their knowledge. You might get five percent from me, I get five percent from you. Mm. You just have those continued conversations, and we're always too busy within life as well. Like it's like never do this. Yeah, half an hour. It's like I will do that. I will do that. I will do that. But yeah, circling back to time, I yeah, I definitely appreciate. I know this is kind of like on the spiritual side, but staying present throughout my journey in the next six months is super important to me as well. And not a lot of people really consciously make that effort. We kind of float by in this world and unconsciously and don't realize what we're doing at the time and how we're setting it up. And that's a big one for me in the next six months is to really remind myself of where I am and what I'm doing and stay present. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, it's, it's a tough one. It's been said probably a million times on social media. Everyone's a uh, motivational speaker these days, but it's a man has two lives. His second one starts after he realizes he only has one. Yeah. And, and become conscious of it. Become conscious of your life. You're not going into this mentorship just to complete the course. You've got that mentality by the sounds of it of I'm going to get every single cent, every single second out of this thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to waste my time. Like Six months is a big commitment to someone or something already. To stay committed and present the whole time is tough. A lot of people, you know, go to study and do these things and get lost. But the, I have the beauty of being in a cool location like Taylor's setup is in. I'll talk about the mentorship a bit more. Well, yeah. I'm already on the segue, but yeah, so essentially like Taylor's on the Gold Coast and he's been doing it for so many years. He's like the guru, I guess you could kind of say, of the GC trains multiple like successful athletes like Mick Fanning, Ali Day. And- Ali Day, quick story about Ali Day. <laughs> His kid goes to uh, childcare with Sonny. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good. They're in the same class. Athletes. So, yeah, Ali Day. Each other. <laughs> so yeah, and Taylor's really set up a good foundation. He's, a, he's done a lot of work himself for the last like 10 to 12 years. And he's done like triathlons. He was a professional triathlete, trained there. And he's a similar path to what kind of started me. Same thing, like a lot of just imbalances and like adrenal fatigue. We all experience it, but we'd, sometimes people don't even understand what the, what's happening to them. And so, yeah, when you're an athlete throughout his time, he experienced all these imbalances and yeah, mental battles, I guess. And that's what inspired him. And that's what's inspired me too. And he's, from there, he's segued into teaching himself over 10 years and then, yeah, creating a, a hub and a community already around his teachings and his modalities, which is where I kind of, once I've done the corrective culture guys from Sunny Coast, I found him down here and I never really wanted to leave Sunny Coast. It was always a tough one for me. So eventually I kind of came to the understanding that I need to make a lifestyle down here and just accept that I'm here and I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. And that, that was a big, that was a tough choice for me. And Taylor was already down here setting up his emotions and I, I saw his mentorship start about probably 18 months ago now or more and I was super interested and I called him straight away and was like oh can I make it work my job and at the time I just didn't believe it and I was like no nah, I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to make it like it's on Wednesdays I've got a, I've got a full-time job and now that I'm pretty efficient with my work and luckily my work supports me I you know 18 months down the track I've just committed and just gone I'm gonna make it work because you need to just kind of jump in sometimes and I saw him one day at the gym and he's like oh I'm starting another mentorship so I didn't think he was going to do another one and then it just slapped me in the face, so to speak. And I was like, yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, you're a good supporter of that. How good's that feeling though? That click in your head? Yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'm doing yeah. this. That all in. Like yeah. there's nothing that can change your mentality once that thought has clicked. Yeah, it's funny because when you hit like, I suppose, I don't know if it, there's like a timeline on it. But for me, it was like last three years, I've really gone there, like the all in stage, I guess, in your life. That's probably a stage where you're just like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do this. That um, was cool. And then 
yeah, and then we got a really good setup down in Kira. So it's not like being in a classroom, which I was going full circle through from before. It's not like being in a classroom. Like we're in like a cool little studio right near Kira Hill. We walk out and get smoothies. We get sunshine. We'll do a breathwork exercise in the middle of lunch. It's a different way of learning and it's super cool because we absorb everything at the same time. And yeah, it's not just sitting in a classroom without lights and just boring and trying to force yourself to learn. It's like you're already there and you're already interested in learning. So yeah, it's super cool. And after that, we go and do movement. So what better way to, to learn and then is like to mentally write it down and then go practice it, which is sick. So it's a really good setup. Like the development that you're speaking about, like in touch with these movements, in touch with what you're doing and your breath work, like never before have we actually been exploring that. It's come so far, what That's I've seen massive, yeah. since the beginning of my athletic career. People were just figuring out what gym was. That was a big thing for me because I clicked onto that early. So I was, I was ahead of the bunch. I trained. My ambition definitely outweighed my talent in most things. So I would train 50 times harder than anybody and that just is what mm. set me apart. But to understand what this certain stress does and where that body holds this now, mm. all this thinking pattern through here, breath work. Nobody knew about breath yeah, work. Yeah. No, we were just figuring out ice bars. Yeah, yeah. You know, ice bars, you jump in an ice bath yeah, for recovery. Behind, what, are you, hey. what are you talking about? Saunas, like this sort of stuff now. And you levels can, definitely elevated. Levels and levels mm. and levels. So it's, it's going to be so interesting to see where this goes. And then it's going to be so interesting to see where you take it. I'm sure it's not going to be at the end and go, all right, that's it. That's what we know. It's set in stone. It's going to be, you might be the next tailor. You might not just tailor, but you might find six other things that work within these movements that work that. And the lucky thing about you is you're a broad spectrum across these sports because you've got the track and field, but you've also got the ocean and the spiritual side that comes with being a surfer and being in touch with something. Like it's something you can't be taught. I think being on this sort of journey is definitely going to be, you're going to be kicking goals in five, 10 years, I reckon. <laughs> He's looking at him going, look yeah, at for head, sure. Head, no, that's, that's what I plan on doing. Tell it everyone going this way. So if I could ask you one more thing, what difference did you find within these movements like before? How has it helped your athletic ability? Like, have you got faster, more balanced? Do you feel more comfortable? Do you sleep? I don't know. What did you notice going from just running, training, sprinting? All the above. Definitely like you move better, like free energy, like you create, you create energy within yourself just through movement and just being the ability to just to move quickly and freely without pain. And that's yeah. the biggest difference really. Yeah. Like, so you don't have as many restrictions. Yeah. You call it, yeah, restrictions. So in the beginning, like I was just a sales rep. So I was trying to play old tag, trying to run a couple of times a week without training too much, like training, you know, a little bit and sitting all the time. And that's kind of what got me was what got me started was, you know, I had this, what they call lordosis, it's just like a excessive curve in your lower back, which a lot of people have and creates disc bulges and other things and yeah, sit upright. <laughs> yeah. And that was causing a lot of pain in my hip flexors. So it's like, it's understanding you really. Like when you ask the difference between you, it's like everyone's individual. So for me, it was getting a deep understanding of what works for me and how I work. And then just having the discipline to continually practice that and continually understand yourself and continually maintain that student mentality and progress. So now definitely it's paid off because now I've got all this tool bag. Yeah, I'm faster, stronger, fitter than I've ever been. Like I train hard, but yeah, it's incredible the movements and things that I can do that I'm capable of now and warm-ups I do. Like I go in a gym and luckily I get to train on my own a lot, which is fun. But if anyone's ever in there, they're always like, what the fuck's this bloke doing? Yeah, kind of yeah. Because yeah. I'm, um, like I'm on a ball, exercise ball a lot, and I'm doing, you know, like, 
I'll stand on the ball quite commonly or I'll balance on my knees and like, have you ever tried standing on a ball? It's not the easiest thing. And I'll stand on it and do a warm up like to get my nervous system awake where I'm throwing a ball or like passing a two kilo ball to get rotation in and switch, to balance on, the, and switch on all those little intrinsic muscles yeah, that we spoke about earlier. Right, and neurons and that. No one knows about that stuff. I was doing that stuff really. And so yeah, I'm super blessed to have that tool bag, a big difference. And I like it in my sport too. I see it in my sport, like not to be egotistical, but there's definitely a big difference between how long someone like me lasts versus how long the average person lasts, especially over a tournament. Like I just played state cup, which we can segue into. And there's a big difference between day three people and day one and two people and yeah. how to get there and the tool bag to get there. Yeah, I definitely feel like every year I've kind of progressed more and more. This year I had a little bit of an injury that I pushed through, a little bit of a niggle for the first time just from impact, but it's things that you can't really train out. But um, yeah, there's a big difference between the tool bag and the tools I have now and what the average person does. To touch base on that, when I first moved down here, like coached the boys, going to state cup for that Ausdag team. The first thing I implemented was getting them to have protein, some branch <laughs> yeah. chains and a massage therapist Yeah, because they wouldn't eat. They still don't do it. Not getting yeah, better. I know. But <laughs> no, they're getting better. That one thing I said, all right, everyone's 10 bucks a week until we get in there. It's going to be 80 bucks or 100 bucks, whatever the thing. I'm going to get all the money, 1100 I'm going to go spend. I'm going to buy food. You get a massage therapist. We're going to have protein and all these drinks for you. You're mm. going to feed you. Yeah, I remember you having the station, the Raptor station. Yeah. They were like, what, what are you talking about? Well, I'm not doing that. And then by day three, the boys are like, oh, this is the best I've ever felt. Yeah. Day three. Yeah. <laughs> so then to be able to prep yourself, with these movements and that to get to day three, like you said, once again, you said now like you've got the tool bag and it's easy to dive into your tool bag for that. Mm. The hardest thing, and I can tell this from experience when I fucking blew out again to 135 kilos, <laughs> but yeah. also anytime you get started again, like getting yeah. started, and this will resonate with so many people out there. Once you're there, mm. once you've got the canoe boat going, once it's flying, all you got to do is tap it along, tap it along. Where's my tool bag? <laughs> I'll grab something course, out of there. Yeah. Grab when you're fit and flying and mm. everything's easy, like you said, like this is easy on day three. This mm. is that. And I found that with rugby league as well. When I was my fittest, like running out the beep test, rugby league was easy. I was mm. looking over, everyone's like puffing and panting. I'm like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> man, but I've been on the other end of that, of like walk 100 meters, run 100 meters. And to get that canoe going or that boat or the train or whatever you mm. want to call it, to get that first bit of motion is insanely yeah. hard. I want to talk about this for a bit because this is something that we haven't spoke about, but the Menion curse, so to speak, is hilarious to me now that like, you know, I was always told that I was going to be fat <laughs> when I was 30. It's false. We know it now, both that, you know, you just got to stay in the zone, so to speak. And genetics does play a small part of it, but it's also like, I guess, like the timeline of our experiences and our father's experiences our father and his father's experiences that are passed on and the trauma and things like that, that go through generations. But for us, it's funny because I was thinking like, you know, the menu curse, I'm going to be fat by 30. And I really believed yeah. it. Like I believed it. I, like I'd, look, I'd see myself occasionally when I was like 27 or 26 before I started getting into this. And I really thought that I was going to be fat at 30. I was no, I'm not going to give up on this. Like, I know. And now I understand that it's completely what you make of it. Like it's, as you said, the highs and the lows. And for me, it was, I was such different, I guess, people because I'm educated differently where I stay at a consistent level, I guess. And you guys are taught to go so hard and go so hard quickly. Correct. And then the lower lows, basically. To stay in the middle ground, the balance is the hardest part for anyone. Yeah. And I, I still struggle with it. Yeah, look, I had no idea about balance. I had no idea. It was train hard, train until you die or you bleed, and that's it. And then you get up and you go again. And, yeah. and that was the same with work. Like Just come from our father, one of the hardest workers in the room, takes no shit. 
Like, so that was my mentality. You work as hard as you can as well. So everything I did was, it was a hundred percent. And then when I snapped, the lows were the lows. Yeah. So there was no I might have learned from that as well. Yeah. Well, hundred percent you would. And within, we're definitely different paths in uh, our careers. Like I'd always been an entrepreneur or trying to do a business or something like that from the age of 20. So I've had my companies since I'm 20. I've lost two companies in financial crises, been back down to $20 with a, with a work ute, living at dad's house. So what I've noticed, and when you speak about the Menion curse, is I can't say it's all stress-related, but a lot of it for me is stress-related. I'm at my best when I'm at that athlete mentality and I'm concentrating on me and everything around there. Yeah, do you mean stress management, like how you manage life? Not only life, I'm talking work. We've got like 30, 40 blokes on the books mm. now, contractors and, and workers and whatnot. Now I'm responsible for their lives. So I can't take a day off because then, or something like that, because I've put myself in this position of this is the company that I wanted, thought I wanted. Now I'm responsible for these people's lives. So it's not just about me anymore, but it, that job gets stressful sitting here juggling so many times as people not doing what they say they're going to do. So that relays to me to doing something more like that. And this was exactly when I blew out last time. And you can see my story. It's on my Instagram. You flick back about three years is how fat I got is I was just stressed. Everything revolved around something else. Nothing revolved around me and my purpose. And as soon as I switched that mentality and as soon as I dropped the stress and said no to things and said, I don't mm. care and concentrate on that, like the body parts and the body movements that I needed to work on, it all came back. Yeah, it's and, power, uh, in the, power in the story you tell yourself. Definitely, because you, you can elevate your stress big time by just telling yourself you're stressed. You know, like yeah. how hilarious is that? And to understand that is like a big thing and stress is compounding. And I like it because we're different experiences and I'm really conscious of the story I tell myself and create it. And I think you taken along, like I guess, a harder path of experiencing a lot more quickly and having those highs and lows and yeah, traumas um, and, and whatnot. Yeah. And it takes a toll, that like, for sure. But it's not, like you said, it's not a minion curse. Yeah. It's, no, it's no, not a minion it's, it's gene. Just life. It's just life. It's weird how it perceives itself like that. Like, oh, you get to this age and, and then, you know, oh, your genes are going to kick in and, mm. oh, no, like, it's still something you've got to be wary of, obviously, but I think it's got nothing to do with genes. I think yeah, it's man. all about who you are and how your mentality stays. And talking about stress, there's good stress, there's bad stress. Mm. Obviously, stress within your muscles is going to help, you know, protein synthesis and growth. I was going to talk about that. Um your athlete mentality of just work, work, work. It definitely like that gets you somewhere for sure. But it's mm. just understanding when, when you need to rest and when you can go hard. That's the biggest difference. I think these days with the, the tool bag and the education we have yes. on platforms, it's like, hey, you can train as hard as you want. You can go be a, a David Goggins, but you can be a David Goggins in moderation. You don't have to do it every day because you end up ill. You end up sick. Like, I can't just guarantee a lot of people think they overtrain, but 90% of them don't. The people who overtrain, overtrain are like those intense, you know, trail, super yeah, marathon. Oh man, props to them. That's insane. Incredible. But I learned that and running taught me that because when I started through COVID and losing the weight again, I started running. I was like, all right, I used to be short, sharp, down the footy field, do everything that revolved around rugby league. I set a six into a 20 meter sprint, set a six into a 40 meter, 80 meter sprint or whatever. So that was my running sort of short, sharp, explosive, high intensity, 20 seconds sort of things. And then I was like, all right, I just started running 1K, 2K, 3K. And then I started doing these five and 10 and 15, but I still had that mentality. I hadn't learned that yet. I hadn't learned that balance. Mm. And I'd get up in the run and it'd be like a day after I did a run yesterday and I'd need to run the same time that I did yesterday or better. And if the little 
earphones in your head said five seconds lower, boom, it went up. It had no balance. And it wasn't until like I started figuring it out, like you got to slow down. You actually get fitter faster if you slow down. And throughout this process is where I sort of came up with my, you know, I train every day at 3 a.m., 365 days a year. And that whole 365 day process only works if it's at a seven. Like, okay, so if I explain this in numbers, yeah, if you explain it in numbers, it's 10, like you have maximum effort and then zero the next day because you're too Mm. burnt out or you might back it up with a a six because you're a bit tired and tight and then you go a 10 again, zero. So you add them up, 10, six, 10 and another 10, that's only 36% across the thing. Now, seven, sevens, 49. So you tell me who's getting fitter faster and I'm not talking about a sport specific. So if you've got something you're aiming for, obviously mm. you need to do an eight-week camp or a 12-week thing specific to that sport to get you there. But if your baseline in, in your work balance and your mentality and everything like that, balance is the biggest thing. I always say there's a lot of good data on this as well, but one red session a week, mm. one out of your comfort zone, push it. Yeah, every, every other session, like six or five sessions that you should do, might, the one bought me a yellow sort of zone, you know, where you're, you're specific to something that you're doing, you put in a bit of everything, every other training session or everything else like that should be fun. And mm. if it's not fun and it's dragging your ass, then you're, yeah, basically, you're basically not getting any benefits out of it anyway. No, that's right. So you're what just, are you doing? burning yourself, yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? You, you're doing that and then you're off. You go, oh, I went to the gym today and I don't know how many mates do it. Oh, then next minute, six beers. The duality of, like, duality is one of my favorite words. And it's exactly that. It's the principle of like being extremely one side and extremely not on the other side, you know? And it's, between going between one end to the other straight away, yeah, you're going to burn yourself out. It's just yeah. staying consistent, staying in the middle. And people don't- re- and It's hard to find. It, it is. It's yeah. massively hard to find. And especially when you're on a, in, a, in a nine to five or a job, yeah, yeah. Like to find that balance when there's so many outside influences or things that you need to do or happen and blah, 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 and you don't find that time to find that balance. It's like you forget that for six to eight weeks and then you go, oh, I've got to get fit and I've got to do that. And then you give it all for six to eight weeks. Just finding that, you know, I guess it's a radio wave just to level out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and it comes back to time. Like you said, like you got to find the time. If you want to make the time, you want to have enjoy your time in the presence. Like time's the enemy, like well, not the enemy, but, you know, if you're conscious of it, you'll make the time. Yeah, we're all dying. Act accordingly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like I always try and make the time. I can't the, wait for you to have kids. And yeah, go, too, yeah, I've got a lot of time now. Yeah, so yeah, lucky. And, and go find the oh, time. time. So. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till I get out of this uh, two-year-old stage because uh, mm. Sonny's like, he's starting to talk. He's starting yeah. to do things. And he's like, I'll go to the skate park. And I'm like, sweet. Now he can ride around the skate park on his own a little bit. Crazy. So I'm just skating in the background. How good. And as he grows, I'm sure all parents out there or, or listeners who got kids and got to that stage, it just gets better and better from here because yeah, you can talk 100%. and do things and take them everywhere. Yeah, all that little animal. <laughs> Imagine if he was just growing up, just living in the gym and everyone sort of oh, like an island. 100%. Yeah, but like an island kid. You know when you go to Noosa Lombongan over in Bali? And you get there and there's like some expat who's moved there and packed up his house and his kids are running around like a madman. <laughs> he knows, they all know everyone in the island basically can go up back and- The freedom. Yeah, the freedom and everything like that. I just think, what if we had that set up, that gym, that- You're already living in one right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the, the setup's <laughs> pretty good. But I mean, just like it's a solid, solitary sort of lifestyle in here. Like I work from here. I'm not in the tools anymore doing anything like that. So every conversation that it has is here in this- basically garage, I work, a podcast here and mm. that. So to get out is something. And I think that's what I want to do. Like, I love having people and humans around me consistently. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I want to make sure Sonny has that as well. Our upbringing was like that. 
You know, we're consistently yeah, camping. Played. I guess me more so than you because I, dad and mum had me so young, 18 and, and 21, I think they were. I was just a backpack. I was everywhere. I was asleep under tables. We'd go camping. I just, that's what our thing was. Like we're consistently around those things. And I'm thinking being an older father, like how do I make sure that Sonny's doing that? It's changed over the last 30, 40 years as well. Completely changed. Like we've, like you said, leaving the Sunshine Coast, coming to the Gold Coast, like everyone moves to the Gold Coast. We don't have mum or we got dad here, but there's no family living three or four and Ellie's family living three or four around us. Like Mm. it's me and you. And we got dad, one of your best mates, Anthony Don, he's the same. Like he moved here. His parents are in Yamba and someone else is, they're just in different spots. So our family is basically yeah, us. Yeah, it's almost here now. Yeah. I'm just going to have a great environment to grow up. Like it's just such a wealthful place in terms of health, even money, I guess, and um, opportunities. It's definitely, I love the Gold Coast. So you had issues leaving the Sunshine Coast and breaking away. And I guess that's because you had such a good friend group and growing up, I didn't. I, I could Oh, you not did, lie. but. Oh, yeah, 50-50. Like, I still miss everyone out there, but this is me. Like, I love mm. the gold. I love how you're surfing and it's competitive. Not always surfing because there's always 50,000 people. <laughs> but I love that everyone's looking to be better. Yeah. 100%. Some of them are looking to be egotistically yeah, better. elevates each other here. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, everyone just wants to be the best and it's yeah. so competitive. Yeah. It's a cool environment to be in. Living here is like, yeah, as you said, I didn't want to escape the sunny coast, but it took me ages to be more conscious of my own story and how I tell myself that story and, and what you create. As we said before, it's what you create and moving here. I didn't want to let go of that Sunshine Coast part of me because I'll still hold it tight to my heart and will always be home. But now I'm aware of that and conscious that I'm, I can make my own world here and I can make Gold Coast what I want it to be. And as I said, it's super competitive, super, you know, well full place. And yeah, now we can start to really show, like shine full light on it and, you know, hang out. Sonny's going to get to experience that too with us. And yeah, for sure. Like, no, undoubtedly, he'll have one of the coolest upbringings as well, just because your age and our, my age as well. And yeah, once he starts to really get moving and work it all out, he's going to have a lot of cool tools around him. Oh, mate, he's already got a kid who's got everything. Yeah. So yeah. That was another one of my issues. Like, how does he pay for things? Because I had to mow the lawn 70,000 times to get a new surfboard. Yeah. This kid's got three sitting over there already. Yeah. You've created <laughs> it. Like, you definitely be grateful. Like, you've got the coolest setup now. So, He's going to pay for it in kilometers. Yeah. He wants a new surfboard. He owes me 500 kilometers instead of 500 bucks. So go run them. Go run them. Mate, um, you happy to wrap it up with that? I think. Yeah. You got I'd, anything yeah, else I'd, to add? Oh, I'd love to talk about Oztag quickly. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the tag. Oztag. Oztag. Five Pete. Something that very underrated. Like people are like, oh, social sport, Oztag. State Cup's not social. Yeah. It's it is now. competitive. It yeah. is. There is some unbelievable athletes from Townsville, Rockhampton. They come from everywhere, all over yeah. Queensland. And then obviously New South Wales has their own state cup, but the boys have done five in a row. Yeah. Just as you left. <laughs> yeah. Just as the door hit myself on my way out. Sam Mannion, by the way, here's five. You introduced me to my meal's tag anyway. So thankful yeah. for that. Yeah. That's when I moved here. It was cool. Like I spoke to the boys about it the other day and I didn't expect to be part of something so incredible. Like they kind of planned it a little bit. I was just interested in competing. And for me, like I didn't you know, we didn't play footy, so it's a social sport, but I still take it probably more seriously than most. And it pays dividends. Like it's still rewarding us. So, you know, I might not be winning, winning world titles, but it's still I'm winning something. And to me, that feels incredible. So why not? Five of them. Like that's, it's a sporting achievement that, well, you show me Maybe a team. Tom Brady, but. <laughs> yeah, but in a row. Yeah, in a row. You show me a team or any sort of sporting team, small level all the way up to high level, 
that isn't proud of winning five like championships in a row. And you're competing against people who are competing. It's not like you're- yeah, This year was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's competitive. It's For very sure. competitive and it's very, like you said, a three-day event. Your body's got a huge taxing toll on it and you've got to come together as a team and it still has all the high-level skills, like if not more skill yeah. than rugby league. The sport's definitely developed, but like the level Oz tags come leaps and bounds since we first started. Like I'd love to see it go to another level as well. Like for us to get at five is great. I think that it won't be done again because you continue to elevate. Uh, maybe if there's you know one dominant group again, but I don't think it'll be done again, something close to that for sure. No. Well, how? Like mm. th- th- when you say the group as well, like it's not like you've got a, the same – 14, how many get chosen? 14. 16. 16. It's same 16 in the team every single year. There is an influx. There is still trials. You still have to make the team and you've had like- We've got an OG8, I think eight or eight or nine or maybe yeah. it's like, uh, between eight and 10, we've had an OG8 that have been there every single one. But they don't get automatically selected is what my point is. No, you still right. have to show up and perform. There's still that little thing in the back of your head like, I have a shit day. There's 30 kids lining up to get into this championship team. Yeah. Because they yeah. want to be part well, of it. It's funny you say that because now everyone's scared to play because we're such a dominant team and group. So we actually had less people at trials last year than ever because uh, everyone was like, nah, I'm not going to make the team. So why bother? It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but this year, the 5P was crazy. Like we had extra time. It was almost as special as the Townsville one, but not as. Just it's close, but the story's cooler than the Townsville game that we played in and won together. Just purely because we defied all odds, really, which is incredible. The Townsville one was just a grind and it was an exceptional game and so entertaining. This one was just like a good story because we chose to play into the wind. And when I talk wind, like it was howling, like sunny coast winds, like 30 knots, like you barely even run in, like running into it was fatiguing enough. You know, you know what it's like running in the mornings and you run into a headwind, you're like, this is incredible. It slows you down by, you know, minutes. So we chose to run in the wind knowing that we'd get the wind in the second half. What happened was like this big storm came through and these guys were kicking 50 tens and kicking like incredible team too, which was so on fire. And we were down the dumps and, and it was day three people were like, a few of the boys were real heads down and just weren't day like close to, we, we got it done, but there's like, there's a big difference in day three athletes for sure. And yeah, the wind was howling when the storm came in and then um, started bucketing down right on half time. We got one, we got one point and then um, the storm came in bucketing down and we all had to run into the, to take cover from around the stadium. I thought they were going to cancel it and Redcliffe would have won. Redcliffe, which is Ipswich, but they just made their own team, which is hilarious too. They just put in a team. They didn't even trial. But yeah, that's props to them still. They're, they're competitors and it was incredible. I got one and we had to go in the sheds and I'd had to do this supplement called Tailwind and I was flying. Like I'd give it to Jago every, Jago's one of our top players and we give it to Jago and he, he always notoriously says like, man, I've never felt better in my life. It's just basically like glycogen and uh, glucose and a bit of caffeine and like all the essential stuff you need just to perform. But no one knows about that. So they just lack it. It's hilarious. I was like, so misleading. But anyway, went to the sheds. We're standing in cover and I was like, let's get around. Let's get in the sheds, boys. Like, we're in the sheds all drenched. We're going to be cold. They're thinking like 10 minutes. We have to wait. We're in the sheds and like heads were down a little bit. And I'm around there buzzing with caffeine. So I'm giving around water like Michael Jordan in um, Space Jam. Space Jam. I was like, hey, boys, magic water. Like, have a sip of this. So I was making them all sip <laughs> out of the, the magic water. Then I was on the whiteboard like you, like writing formulas like win times win equals win and just trying to jam up a bit because like that little man was eating into a lot of people for mm. sure. I could see it like I could see it in a lot of heads. And they just didn't have the – they eventually like we picked it up and props to Hardy as well because you know, obviously he's, he carried the team a bit in the final and just got out there and got the job done. 
But yeah, we went back out there and the whole crowd booed us. Like we had the, I mean, I mean like 50% of the stadium was on the main side was Redcliffe supporters, Ipswich supporters. They were like, and they're all, you know, like Sollies and Kiwis and their families get around them hard. So yeah. I love it how, I love it how much they support and get into yeah, it. Yeah, it's That's epic. Oh, mate, like the family mentality is something that, you know, I've got a good family there now, like on Sunny Coast, so I get support, but yeah, a lot of it's missed, but they're, they're crazy. So we ran out and got booed and it was so funny because for me personally, I was like, fuck yeah, like, let's go. Like, give it, give me the energy, you know, like a bit of cookie jar, like gog and stuff. And yeah, I just, I thrive off that. So it was, it was hilarious to be jacked up on caffeine, be jacked up on adrenaline. And I was like, let's do it. And the only, thing that, the only thing that got against us was there was puddles all over the field now because <laughs> it pissed down rain. And so it was slow tag and we were just out there grinding and I had a lot of energy, but I had a niggle on my knee and from impact from a hard right step. And then earlier on the Friday, but I didn't tell anyone. And then it was fine. Like I, I still ran through it. The puddles in the field slowed us down heaps. And eventually, you know, we just ticked away, just chipped away, got one try, got two try. It was, you know, it came to the end of the game with three all. But isn't that weird? Like you say, you look at people in the shed and there's people who want it. It's a different breed who like, this is a moment. You know, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone or saying any names because I wasn't in the shed. I don't yeah. know. But there's players within teams and I see this consistently. They don't believe until they get a sniff like that. Yeah. Until yeah. there's one try yeah, it's funny. or two tries. And then they start buying yeah. into it where there's players. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's players who just live for that situation. We're down, we're out, doubt me now. I never even know we're down. Like I'm always players if we're, you know, I was trying to win. I always play to win. It's, yeah. a good, it's a good mentality, I think. But um yeah, we end up coming out and then we ended up extra time and yeah, we got all the young boys who were like it was kind of like a the boys clicked together. Those young boys clicked together, they play footy together. They know each other. So they were, they were like top choices for extra time for sure. Just because they gel. That's what yeah. I was trying to say. Yeah. And they gelled really well. And eventually they like, was so close back and forth, wet tag. So it was like pretty sloppy final versus our Townsville final, which was exciting. Like there was moments, you know, we stood in our trial line for a minute resting because we just played three days of footy, but in the Townsville one, but there was still like the quality of footy was great. And this one was just kind of back and forth. And then of course, Jago. Of all people. It was <laughs> written. It, 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 yeah, it was it written. It is yeah, written yeah. in stone that that guy was meant yeah, to score yeah, that sure. try on the fifth thing it's and a drop-off like and, that. Um, yeah, it was hilarious because the guy that missed him, like, he wasn't even supposed to be on the field, I think. I remember, like, being on the sideline and he, um, there was an injury. So you get one injury replacement and he was his sub-partner. So he just jumped on and put his tags on. And that instantly makes him on the field for the five as well, I'm pretty sure. Like, he just basically put himself there when I don't know, I think he was optimal choice and he missed the tag. So I feel, and he was real sad about it. So I feel, feel bad for him. That's just hilarious. Those little mistakes like Mate, that. That's the next thing that I want to speak about. When we went to our drop off in the Townsville game, which was mm. sensational, I remember Coach Rich actually saying, All right, Maddie, you're on. And I just knew I didn't have anything else. So for me, it was that passing of the guard. And I had to explain to him, mate, look, I'm not. Oh, that's right. You put me on, hey? Yeah. I was yeah. like, I'm not. I trust these boys. I trust, I trust my brother to do my job. They're just, they're a little bit quicker. Or that half a second, I don't want to be the, the guy who misses that half a tag. That and was I, still quick. Right? Yeah. And I guess like the same thing, like when you say these boys gel or do that, there's a lot of trust to say, okay, boys, you guys are going to win it for us. We support you 100%. Because there's a lot of players out there and a lot of like, I'm going on. Like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly that. They pick themselves, they, I'm doing this, I'm going to be the hero. I want yeah, to be the hero. Yeah. And you're like, immediately out the gate, you're not there for the team. You are there for yourself. And this is going to fucking backfire. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I've seen it happen numerous times. Yeah. Like heroes. Yeah, not, not just on tag, just like every, every sport. Yeah. yeah. Me, I'm on. Me, I'm on. Where 
it's good to back yourself, but it's good to know when you need to be told. Yeah, that's it. That's it's right. And you need to like figure out like there's, there's still a strategy within sports. Like I've got no dramas if you're picking yourself if it's an individual sport, but you're going to the 15th round in boxing or something it, yeah. like that. Man, All right, I'm golf. doing it. But team sports like that, it's just, oh, yeah, man, be, it's so funny. A little bit. And um, yeah, but it was a good win. Like we had a good celebration and the, the high was high. The high was, this one was really high. Like, yeah, I'd find that balance. So when I was in that balanced state for a long time, the high was a real high. Like it was epic. Like I remember, like I have a lot of tools that we didn't talk about, but like I remember being in the, like the shed, like a, a cold shower the next morning when as soon as I got that like dopamine hit again, and the waking up through like oh, it was it was like incredible. I was like, holy shit, I feel incredible right now. And I just, you know, I've been out, had a big weekend. That was really cool. And then the, the next couple of days were definitely lower. Yeah. Sure. Like, <laughs> I was sitting around just The um, after after wedding. But I've blues. learned my lesson. Yeah, I've learned my lesson. Like the first couple of times I hit real like low lows as well. And I was like, you lose your purpose and you train for for the next thrill, I guess. Chase the next nationals or something it would be for me. And this time it's it's great because I just continued the momentum. I've continued doing what I love and a bit more passion. I guess I've got that mentorship to support it as well, but it was a good weekend for sure and I'm looking forward to we should have a solid crack at nationals. Isn't that weird though when you talk about purpose? You come out of like a state cup or something that you're training for or an event and if you don't line yourself back up with something, you stay in that limbo land, it's not good. Mm. Not good zone to be in. And we're so goal-orientated humans or I think athletes definitely are. Yeah, for sure. Um, and for me personally, that's and I know a lot of players who struggle with this identity. They haven't figured out who they are after they play um, finish playing imposter syndrome. Yeah, after they finish playing rugby league, I don't know how many of my mates are just like, "What do I do now? I don't play rugby league. I'm not around a, a team <laughs> scenario." Do whatever you want. Yeah, but you come from seeing the boys four times a week and playing on weekends mm. and in a shed yeah, cool. and that whole whole camaraderie. Yeah, you missed that. It. You missed. Yeah, that's the yeah. one thing you missed out on. And that's the one thing that everybody yeah, talks about. Every just, just that shed mentality is just something to just. We got invited up to the uh, Sunshine Coast Falcons because we're part of the you know original OG oh, yeah. team up there, and they had an old boys' day the other week, and they invited us into the sheds after they got the win over one of the other teams too, Redcliffe. Yeah. How good! So I was going into the shed either way, which <laughs> either team won. It didn't matter. But just that whole feeling, and all I spoke to Bluey and the boys after it was just. Started. energetic and I'm just like rearing up again and I was like yeah this is a sport and this is something that changes your life and this sort of thing like five in a row it's something that you, you speak about and you talk about in 40 and find energy from yeah, in 40 years time I know people say and I'm a firm believer in this like you, you have eight lives um, I know I said a saying there's only two but I believe every 10 years you reinvent yourself oh for sure yeah, yeah. even so, even sooner than that Look, I can't remember playing, not that I can't remember playing rugby league, but I just, I'm a completely different person at the moment. I don't think I've touched mm. a football in, oh, it's got to be four years. Yeah, yeah. I've learned how to box, learned how to run marathons and even surfing, like surfing's taken a back, back seat, which I don't like, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. I do too. not like that at all. Like, but we, we came in ways when I was super fit, like just before I tore my bicep, like we were surfing heaps, mm. heaps through COVID. Yeah, and So I guess it comes back down to, and this is where I, back towards your mentorship is I find training for different sports affects the other sport. Yeah. If I'm training for running, it affects surfing or like my ligaments get tight and everything like that. Yeah, so- I found the same thing. I wasn't surfing in the lead up to Oztag. Now, like I've found, well, this time I did differently. Like I didn't surf as much, but I was swimming and yeah, just doing like low impact in the balance, like back to the balance. Like I, you can do all of it. You just got to figure out how to 
what tools mm. you can use to do it, you know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, I like training for individual sports like you, like as you said, but I reckon we can do all of it. Yeah. I reckon if everyone can do all of it if yeah. you really want to, like, you know. Oh, I used to be of that mentality, like, I'm an athlete, let's just go, give me a sport, I'll be good at it. Except yeah. for golf. I can't get into golf. You're yeah, a, you're a yeah. golf addict. Yeah, back to I was talking that, that five Pete, like it's. So when's nationals? Nationals is November, I think, August, November. So they've got like, they're working in the background, Jago and Hardy and all them are always doing something in the background and um trying to get their, like, the best team to trials and things like that and doing numbers and from like state cup and how they can elevate the game. It's real slow progression and I was tag, like everything just takes ages, but nationals and all, I'm keen for that. I think we'll have a solid crack finally. by the right like committed people and not to say like everyone wasn't committed, but it's just like, again, it's a social sport. So we're not training four times a week. We're not in the sheds together like so it's hard to get you're not getting paid motivated and for me i'm like it's easy because i'm already doing shit like that so yeah i can't enjoy it that's different but for people that are getting paid yeah and i'm like don't have a real purpose i guess can tie that back and do is um they just don't have the incentive and they don't want to be there they like these guys down in new south wales when i watched them win like it's like they're so passionate like they're not they're athletes in oztag for sure they're athletes like in that sport they're not the biggest dudes or like you know or anything like that and they just they're like so passionate about like, they live and breed for it down there here it's different big that's difference. where we lack yeah big difference but i don't blame them because there's heaps of other sports that are committed but i think oztag needs to pull their finger out and definitely start elevating the level of you know, even like i was speaking to hoffy the other day and even if you get like a better marketing strategy like their marketing strategy sucks no offense guys if you do listen to this but you suck like your marketing and like really plan to elevate the lower level of the game and attract more people have a more functional website and just Get more people involved down low, which I guess they try and do, but there's definitely room for improvement. That'll bring us up at the top. Like we'll be able to play, you'll be able to afford to have to, you know, to pay us or something or to, you know, shout accommodation or something that's an incentive for us to play. Mm. I think that's a big And thing. then, and look, as everyone's sort of going like that, I guarantee you people who would be listening or something would just be going, oh, pay to pay. Oh, you got to, oh, where's the money going to come from? But you don't understand. Like marketing's it, everything. Yeah, marketing's everything. And if you win and if you're, now a team like that, you're telling me that the Miami Ostag isn't going tenfold better because they've got an open championship that it is put mm. on the map. Mm. You know what I mean? And if Queensland Ostag does that as well and generates, and you've got a winning team and a winning culture, and that bleeds within, next minute you've got all these kids going. Yeah, yeah, how not, yeah. The exposure is terrible with Ostag. Like they, um, no one knows besides within the group that we've won five in a row. Like there's no advertisement. Yeah, especially with the social media, the phones, the yeah, live. It's so easy to go live stream now. Live stream. I don't understand. And there's so much content that winning five in a row, that should be plastered all over YouTube on YouTube. Yeah, I get on every paper, in the papers. Like, yeah, people yeah. understand what Oztag is. And yeah, and then just like, again, it's, it all comes from the low, like just get, attracting people to play the sport, not like professionally. Like, if they're, so that, then we can play it professionally because they're going to have the funds down low to, yeah. in my opinion, anyway, that they're, Love the funds from more support down low that it can fund creating new professionalism in the yeah. sport. Look, in defense of Queensland Oztag, <laughs> which it, we do love. Yeah, which we do love, is they've also built it from ground up. Yeah, 100%. They no, built like the first, the going yeah, good. because it came from the first Oztag in Queensland was <laughs> Shark, Shark Park. Yeah. Deanna Calandra, a bunch of blokes showed up and basically played footy. There was dislocated elbows, there was yeah. knees, there was stuff going everywhere. And that's Queensland Oztag and where they've got it to today. And I know um, the guys in the background who run the show, they did the hard yards. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, Scotty, they, yeah, people. they were friends. in and out of schools, school clinics every mm. day. But you see the lag in it when 
then he stopped doing that and went into a, like a, a management CEO position. The next people to come in and do schools didn't do it with half yeah, the passion. It's like 10 years we've been playing and it's even more. We've been playing for so many years. Yeah, it's just slow. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that you know, they haven't done a good job, but just there's another level you can take it to. And I'm sure there's like probably plans in place to get there, but yeah, yeah I hope it happens soon. <laughs> just going back to that, because like, Scotty's passion, he was all in. He had all mm. that. Now he moves up to take on this role to grow up more and do more things. The next person who comes into this role is nowhere near as passionate as him. Your kid retention or, or you getting your kids involved and that next generation has dropped off. And you can see it comes in waves. Like when you won your first one or two with Miami, it was sort of on the back end of, of the rise. Mm. And then your three, four, five have been very, very competitive, like bang, 100%. bang, bang. But that little lapse in there was where the yeah, head honchos stood up. And yeah, they those took- finals between like Clander and Richard that we were playing and after we won, we're like, well, shit, they were just, the level was nowhere near what we're at now. And competitiveness was just like, we're just, they're just playing footy, footy boys. And I loved playing in that town. That was my life. I had just as much fun as playing Miami. And then yeah, that lapse really happened. You're, you're right. Yeah. Like, How funny didn't. is it? Those are uh, the Wavel boys who were always a couple of years older than me. You would have been 30s, just, yeah. yeah. They haven't stopped. They were like our arch nemesis through opens. Yeah. And then, they just stay together and now they dominate 30s and now they're all in the 40s and yeah. all they do is dominate 40s. Well, they're still in 30s. They still won 30s this year oh, as well. Yeah. And yeah. I'll, I guarantee you half of them are 40 there, yeah. because they were a couple of years older than me. I'm 39. Yeah, so. we, can, we can all go play 30s. Like most of us can play 30s now, which would be incredible, but it's about bringing and elevating the next level of you know youth that have come through into our team, which is cool. And I'll be a big, I know I'll be a big, big part of that too because I'll be around for another four years probably. It right. depends how long I want to, yeah. what I want to do, but yeah. Again, if it's a social sport and they're like, I can't stay passionate around it forever. I know that unless, you know, something, what is it? Moment, uh, momentous. Is that the yeah, word? Momentous. Yeah. Momentous. Momentous. Yeah. Momentous. Sounds right. Yeah. It it's comes along and does yeah, it. Yeah. It comes along and changes. It. Yeah. yeah. And like I'll play 30s for fun probably, but it definitely like, this is, this is like a, my number one sport really. Like, so yeah. I wish it had some more incentive. I wish that you would choose another thing. I'm doing a triathlon. In oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. Because I, I just. The athletic ability where you're at now, I'd say top 97% in the world. Yeah, I want to test myself in the so, triathlon as well just because I like swimming. Like, like I don't love running long, long distance, but 10Ks is good and then riding a bike's fun. So <laughs> why not, you know? And then you've got to figure out that balance. Yeah, and then you've got to figure out the balance you how to get figure there. figure out that game plan. But yeah, throwing mm. yourself into something like that. That's a good tester, swimming and water. That's a noose to try. So luckily I think we support it with work. So might be able to get tickets, which is yeah. be cool. But yeah, I'm, like, I'm dragging few friends in Ethan and, and stuff involved in that, which would be sick. But they're at the peak um, as well. They're at the peak right? as well, yeah. So we need to do shit. Like, as I said, we need to, we're in a, that do stage yeah. of our lives where we have the tools. Like, let's go do whatever we want to do. And, That's right. And you're dead set in that zone, that 27 to like 37, 36. Yeah, for us, it's, it's just, later. For us, it's been like 29 to, I reckon 29 to 33 will be probably like a big change, especially mm-hmm. with like friends like Ethan and stuff around us. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future. That's a weird thing between our generational gap. We got to 27, 28, 29. We're told it's all over. It's yeah. done. Rugby league players weren't going past that age. Now Cam Smith goes to 36. Oh, mate, you're in your peak in your 30s, like most of us, like, oh, especially physically. Yeah. yeah. They, like those, they think your cells start dying off and stuff, and it's so wrong. Like eventually we do when it gets to like 40, but between 30s, we're just raging men. Yeah. Like so strong, so fit, and you can make it what you want. That man. Like, a lot of people strength. give up, and it's like, you don't give up. Like this is the pinnacle. Yeah. I realize like, yeah, you have a lot of, you bounce back quicker when you think, but your toolkit's way bigger when you're 30 and you're more mature. 
And that's when you can start to do, really do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and if you've laid that base, if you've laid that groundwork between that, you know, the 23 to, to 30 as well, well, then you're another level above everything yeah, else. Sure. Like it'd be good to see what happens in the next six months mm. when we catch up and do this again. Yeah. Hey, how funny will it be? This is going to be good. <laughs> Go, oh, yeah, by the way, I was, uh, I was wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. sorry I was telling you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just feeding yeah, it sorry. to them, mate. Yeah. Mate, we can solve the world's problems from our armchair. Oh, I'll sit here and I'll, I'll tell you how to fix everything. I'll tell you how to win an NRL match. I'll tell you. Coach Menion at it. So Good chat. Yeah. I like, what have we done? I don't know. An hour and 15 yeah, minutes. Hour hard. 20. Hour 30. That should be perfect. How yeah. good? Yeah. Just if it goes live, it'll be good. But, um, ah, my brother, man. You. How good? That was sick. All right. There we go. Check it out. Uh, you can join us and go have a listen on all our social medias. I think we're concentrating on Instagram, TikTok. TikTok and YouTube. And of course, you can find us on all the good podcast stores, Apple, Spotify mainly. Download that Spotify account and Google Play. So, all right. Thanks, heaps. Woo! Wow. That was the Any Given Chance podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, if you want to see some more action, head over to our socials and give us a like, share, and subscribe. We're on YouTube at the Any Given Chance Podcast and on Instagram and TikTok at Any Given Chance. And if you can hit share and subscribe, much appreciated as we grow. Plus, we're always looking for new guests. So if you know someone in the midst of a battling good little bit of adversity or someone who's been successful, message us direct. We always check out your box. And of course, if you want to check out old episodes, repurposed ones, you can jump over to our website, which is anygivenchancepodcast.org. Thanks for joining us once again. I'm your host, 3AM365, Matty Menion. No days off, no excuses, and I can't wait to catch you on the next one.